Welcome back. Welcome in to the Lion's Share podcast, postseason edition. Hello, darkness, my old friend, is a good melody for this week and these days ahead for us Lions fans and shareholders. For those of you who caught the quick little rapid recap last night, you shareholders that are so dedicated, we thank you so much. Um, this is the longer form edition where we've got the boys back together to talk a little bit more uh, in depth about what we had happen last night on the field and what we have to look forward to in the future. Where do we go from here? Where the hell do we go from here after last night's results? All right. I've said my piece, so I want to let the guys say their piece. Um, I've already stole the limelight enough as it is. So, um, Andrew, I'll go to you first. Uh, what, what can you say after last night? Um, you know, here we are again. Um, but a good season, not the way we wanted to see it finish. What I will first start by saying is that these are not the same old lions. Please, people, get it through your head. I will say I had uh, higher, higher above me uh, at work today. Came in first thing I, I I heard was, "What did you expect? They're the lions," and I couldn't disagree with that statement anymore. Instantly put me into a bad mood on Monday morning. Um, so that should tell you everything about how I thought thought about that game. That makes me feel the need to thank my coworkers. I had one check-in with me last night, make sure I was okay. Had a couple check-in with me this morning, make sure I was okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, tough, tough, uh, tough pill to swallow. But I think, you know, before we get into it too much, I think I just agree with Andrew. It's not the same old lines. I think people will kind of the lazy take when you blow a 17-point lead, but. I think uh, experience played a lot into how that game unfolded at the end. And at the end of the day, you go roster to roster. 49ers have studs up and down their roster. And their playmakers showed up when they needed them too most. So um, it's easy to say that the Lions lost that game. But I think we're looking a little bit more at the 49ers figured out a way to win when it mattered most. Well, well said. And I agree, Andrew. I think they've totally shed the SOL skin. I think you can finally put that to bed. And anybody that wants to crack those jokes that they got, you know, that used to work in the past, uh, you need to retire those because they're not funny. They just really aren't. They really aren't. Um, There's a lot of people in Michigan itself, let alone other states, a lot of people in Michigan that hop on the bandwagon. And then as soon as things go south, they just can throw out the SOL. And uh, it's nice to see the following that that um, was garnered from all of this success that the Lions had this season. And you know, welcome aboard to you, new ones. But but if you're if you're going back and and already going to SOL at this point, man, there was never a seat on the bus for you. Um, We've got you pegged as casuals. If that, as casuals, that's, that's doing filthy yeah, casuals, fish filthy casuals pegged they should be. And to the point about the 49ers being, um, you know when. The the old adage, the age old argument of who won the game and did somebody lose the game and or did somebody win it? I mean, you can have that debate all you want till the cows come home. But and the reality is what Mitch said is the, the 49ers are a damn good team. You know, they're at home. They've a lot of these guys have been involved in the playoffs and a, a Super Bowl. So they know what to do in these situations. It was it was almost like, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, what do you think? Like, it was almost like the Lions played 
so far above their bar in the first half that it wasn't sustainable. And it was kind of weird. It was reversed than typically how it would be seen as normally you'd see those those emotions and um, those miscues come in early until they shake some of that that nerve off. And it was almost in reverse. It was like the nerves came in the second half after they had the lead. What do you guys think of that? I, I agree 100%. I think you're right. I think they, they outplayed even their own expectations. And then I think once the second half starts and the 49ers get rolling, it's like, oh, shit, this is a really good football team. And we're playing in – I don't even know if it's that they were playing in the conference championship. I think it's just they realized, oh, boy, this roster stacked that we're going against. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think they outplayed the expectations of everyone. Uh, in the first half, and then they just got a bad, bad dose of reality in the second half. Uh, yeah, I look at it a little bit differently. Um, it coming into the game, super quiet coming from the Detroit side of the ball. Not a lot of rah rah as they ran into the to the stadium. They seemed, you know, calm, cool, and collected for the most part. And I I would call it uh, truly looked like a business trip for him in the first half. And, uh, and then the, uh, and then the market was good to him and, uh, had a couple beers at halftime and thought, Hey, I think we, uh, I think we might be heading to the big game. And I think that's how easy it is to happen in the NFL. They're both really good teams. We're in the conference championship. The second you take your foot off the pedal. They're going to look for any chance to bury you. And we talk about momentum swings and we couldn't have catapulted him any further with the the Gibbs interception or the Gibbs fumble couple big time drops so uh, you know I, I think they just kind of maybe maybe fumbled it a little bit but I love your take on, on Sam Fran finding out a way to win it I just think they took uh took a vacation from their business trip a little too soon yeah, you can't give a team like that chances. And the and the Lions gave him too many opportunities in the third and fourth quarter to steal that game away. And, you know, tail of two halves kind of game dominated by the Lions in the first half. And the second half, they let it slip away. And, you know, it goes to what I kind of spoke on last night, which is this team's kind of got to learn how to win when they have the lead, right? They've They've grown so much over the last couple of years. They learned first and foremost, you got to learn how to not lose and you got to learn how to win games. They've done that. Now, now they're maturing into that stage where, hey, we don't, we don't have to play these close games as close and we can actually win some games handedly. They've got to mature into that stage of playing with the lead. Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell, this team, uh, I think will mature into that into this next season. It was a big time learning opportunity. It just sucks that it has to happen in the NFC Championship. It just sucks that it had to be that close to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know about you guys. I mentioned this in the show last night that I taped real quick. I, I, I will admit, we're in the trust tree here. I will admit, I started thinking about the old SB in, in, late in the first half there when the, when the Lions had the lead that they did have. Did you guys have those feelings? I may or may not have had a little bit of thought creep into my head. Maybe a lot of thought creep into the head. Uh, I will say I had Lady Lion to shut me down. Say, hey, we got to get through this one first. So, um, didn't get through this one first. 
Yeah, I I definitely started thinking about the menu to host some people for the Super Bowl. But, you know, you're up 17 fucking points. What do you want me to do? Can we get, I don't know, maybe just one insight to what your mind went to? Just tease us a little. For, for like, food? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, gosh. I mean, I bounced around. I couldn't really decide what I want to do. Do you want to do easy and just, like, pick up a bunch of stuff from Costco, which probably would have been the move? Do I want to make some stuff from scratch? I think I was leaning towards a healthy blend of uh, some some Costco dishes um, and then maybe some uh, some dips of some sort. Can't go wrong with buffalo chicken dip. Uh, it's really all for naught now. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but I think I have negative interest in the Super Bowl now. It, like because we've never been this close. So it's always like you get excited for the playoffs because they're the playoffs and you're still watching football. And then it's the Super Bowl. So it's kinda you get the hype. But now it's like, oh should have been us. With so eat me. It's a really bad situation. It's a weird situation. It's a more we're in we're in our morning era now. And Normally, we're so past morning. Normally, you know, eliminated before the playoffs even start, if not eliminated the first round of the playoffs. So you have that time to cope. And then by the, by the conference championships, I'm usually like, all right, yeah, let's get this. Let's savor this football in. Let's take the, these two AFC and NFC championships in. And then let's take in the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is always fun. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's just a fun day. It's right up there with March Madness. It's one of those. It just has a different aura about it. And I, I feel like... I like Mitch said, I just I don't feel excited anymore. Like I'm sure eventually I'll come around by game time and be like, yeah, football. But yeah, I, I just really don't see it coming around. I don't like uh, either of these two teams that are in there. Um, you know, I'm not going to be rooting for one side over the other. Um, it's just weird. Um, in years past, you know, it, it felt it felt different. Like you said, it just kind of sucks that it's going to be hard not to watch the game and think like what could have been. It, it's it really sucks. I feel uh, like I'm just going to do squares and that's going to be it. Like, I just, it, like, other than that, I don't, like, I, I was so ready. And not even saying, like, oh, I thought they were going to win. But in my mind, I was like, okay, if they were to win before the game, I'm taking Monday off. Like, I'm going to, like, actually enjoy myself. I'm just going to try to savor the moment. And, yeah, I don't, and, you know, I don't know. It's hard to get excited. I uh, I had this day marked on my calendar excited to walk into work to take the monday following the super bowl off uh i feel feel cheated and robbed of that um and yeah ben you're right i mean usually with that week break in between the super bowl you're like what do we have to wait a week for like let's let's just watch the game already and now it's like oh my god like can they just get this thing like i i don't care like let the uh, let the season be over with let's start a new i'm ready to start building next year i want to start this train over again i think all the other players in, in the locker room are probably frothing at the mouth to get back at it you know good couple weeks off here but as far as building towards the championship i think they're frothing at the mouth to get back at it and i think the only body of evidence you need is the tweet that Aiden Hutchinson sent out uh, immediately following the game. And just to touch right back out on that tailgate food, uh, Mitchell, that's a great idea. Uh, you go with a 50 soda hot dog combos, you're talking about 75 bucks out the door. 
And I will tell you guys, because I texted you, the chili dogs ended up great, but I should have known everything was going to be off yesterday because I also got some tots and I forgot to make the tots because everything else was like the chili was from scratch and everything. I forgot to do the tots. I should have known the day was going to run afoul. That was your first sign, no doubt. No, nay, the other sign, we've said it in the chat. Uh, the Pistonians. Yeah. Bad on Thanks D- a lot. Bad Send on that me. team into the sun. Send them into the abyss. Bad on me for uh, saying in the last episode that they played Saturday, which they did. They lost on Saturday. I didn't realize. I didn't look a day ahead. I didn't know they played back-to-backs in the NBA anymore, but they do. And, uh, yeah, I was... I was so sad to see the Pistons win that game over uh, the OKC Thunder, who was actually a pretty good team. Um, but but we digress on our NBA talk. That's talking NBA. Um, yeah, where where was I going to go with this? My head is in a in a flurry right now. Um, I, I guess it's I guess it's this and 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 what Andrew said is I kind of just want it over with. Yeah, I'd rather it happen tomorrow. Like let's just do a Tuesday Super Bowl, get it over with. Move on to next year. Um, now that's what I was going to say. Is is did you guys catch what Panay Sewell said after the game? And he was asked about you know what they've accomplished. Yeah, not satisfied. Yeah, yeah, similar to what Aiden you know echoed as well. Um, but basically, like, yeah, we didn't accomplish shit this year, and it, it, we're we gotta we gotta get right back on track immediately, or you know this this is all for not right it's all about next season and it just sucks that it's we got to wait so long for for the lions now right i don't even like I, you just gotta keep i'm just sad boy season sad boy season sad you're, day, bad you're day. right you're right Ben. you know what i've been looking forward to uh the jersey redesign let's let's see what we got with a little dirt throw in i get Give me the all blacks. I know I've been saying all white. If we did the all blacks with the blue alternate helmets, that would look nice. I don't know how I feel about the all blacks. Okay. It's got to be done right. It's got to be done right. Like, it depends on how much silver is involved. I was hoping they do all blacks and do it really shitty. (laughs) Touche. Touche. Well, how much silver and blue do you want integrated into those black jerseys? That's what I'm saying. Enough to make it done right. <laughs> okay. And that's talking Pantone colors with Mitch. I'm glad you had a long day at work. Thanks. Yeah. I, I'm glad too. Job security, you know? Um, what else do we want to talk about from this game? Um, it was incredible in the first half. How, how, how incredible were the third downs? Like, I don't know about you guys, but I was just getting to the point where I was like, nah, whatever, third down on whatever. Nah, who cares? They're gonna pick it up. They had so much confidence. It was like every time you thought, "Oh, uh oh, is something gonna go awry here for the Lions?" It was like they figured it out. They picked it up, and nothing could go wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, where was that all season? I guess at times, third down St. Brown has been super reliable, but it was it was other people as well. Um, the Gibbs the Gibbs run on third and whatever it was, they run a little draw there, gets the first down. It was like everything they tried to do was working, and uh, it's just, once again, it's sad that the second half went the way it did. What I will say, and it's, it's really hard to do in the NFL, when you, when you kind of 
win in every facet that you came out with game plan wise it almost detriments you because then you don't know how to make adjustments why would you adjust there's nothing to adjust to but you know the 49ers and every other team are going to make adjustments on that so you have to be prepared but you truly don't know what they're going to do they're going to they've got a multitude of things they can try and maybe they won't succeed so why would you change your your outcome and it's much harder to change mid-game rather than at halftime. I don't know about you guys. I was counting down the seconds. We couldn't get out of that third quarter fast enough. I just, get us out of the fourth quarter. We're a bad third quarter team. Get us out of the third. We'll be okay in the fourth. We can we can gather ourselves. And it just never seemed to click. Never materialized. It was like, just survive the third quarter and they couldn't survive it. They were, they couldn't even tread water. They needed a life life raft. You're right. I, I, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Uh, in the group text, I was about to say the same thing. It's just the third quarter, as some call it, right? It's just, it was it, it was a little bit of my concern in the halftime. That's why in my halftime capsule, I'm not super up because I'm just, I'm just, I was worried about being as comfortable as I was feeling. And I knew that the 49ers were going to strike back. Uh, I was just hoping and praying that the, the Lions had the answers. But you're right. It's almost a precarious position to be in if you're the 49ers like, or any team that finds themselves in that situation where they just can't do anything right and the other team is, is, is going great guns. It, you, you almost are better off in that situation because you know, all right, well, we can't play any worse. So like, let's, just, let's just throw some shit at them and, and see what happens. And, and once you get one domino to fall, uh, especially against a team like the Lions, it just seems like once they're off their rhythm, that's the time to strike, and, and the 49ers just smelled blood in the water and instantly instantly took it on. I um, want to hit you guys with a few stats. I'm not sure how closely you all have looked at the box score, but they held Purdy under 300 yards passing. Debo had under 100. Christian McCaffrey under 100 rushing. Um, so all in all, not a bad day from each position. Ultimately, the 49ers still had uh, 400 and some yards of offense. But what could we take away from the defense here as far as finally not having a quarterback over 300, let alone 350 this week? Can I, can I poo on that really quick? Would you mind telling the listeners what Purdy's final passing yards were? I think it was 267. 267. What's 267 plus 51? Over 300, all purpose. You count his rush yards? Yeah. 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 That's what I mean. Trying to talk positive. I I in like, yeah, but it's just like, I don't know. After the first time Purdy scrambles on a, on a really big third down, let's maybe figure it out after the second time. Now we really got to figure it out after that. It's negligence. Like it's, it's just negligence to let him get 51 yards in that very well, I don't know off the top of my head, but does it does it not feel like those all came in like no long doubt. distance to go or third down situations? And all in the second half too. Jeez, Pete. I mean, they did, but they came in those situations because that's when the middle of the field gets opened up. But I, I mean, regardless, yes, make a change. But I don't know about you. Did it seem like he escaped? I mean, he was making Lamar like ducks and somehow would come out of this pile unscathed that was the craziest thing to me this is brock purdy how can we not bring this guy down the worst part was that one where he goes 
off of it, like throws across his body and across the, the field. Yeah. Yeah. Like that never should work. Never should work. And that was just kind of the day along with the uh, Ayuk throw that bounces off of Vildor's helmet and into his hands. So what could go wrong? Andrew, to your point, it's a testament to how bad the Lions tackling has been at times this year. And it it showed up in in the second half in a major way yesterday. God, if they could just have a little bit of help on in the secondary and on that defense, man, this team could have won a Super Bowl. That's that's what they survived. Uh, credit to them for surviving as long as they did, honestly. And and I guess you got to give a lot of credit to Aaron Glenn for for helping them limp this far into the playoffs. Yeah, as much as everybody wants Aaron Glenn to to seemingly leave, I would say that's probably a consensus among Detroit Lions fans and and media. I would say. He was rated as the number one players coach on the defensive side of the ball for a reason. The guys are going to give him everything that they've got to his scheme, no matter, no matter what it is that he draws up, and they're going to they're gonna fight for everything. So if he does end up leaving, I'm not going to say I'm happy to watch him leave. It seems unlikely that he goes. I, I think at times it's been frustrating. Like yesterday I was getting frustrated with, I mean, you make a valid point in that he's scrambling when the middle of the field opens up. Just don't let the middle of the field open up that. It's not like, like, what is Alex Anzalone really doing in coverage? Nothing. Like, just just have him sit there a little bit, drop back maybe 10 yards, and when Purdy starts to scramble, athlete on athlete. Uh, that said, we talked about it a little bit beforehand. We just made it to the conference championship with Vildor and Sutton as the starting cornerbacks. I mean, Aaron Glenn recognized, I think, about halfway through the season that he had to change something, and he dialed up his blitz by, I think, 11 or 12%, and that was huge. I mean, you start making quarterbacks uncomfortable. They're making throws that they wouldn't be making because the guys up front, Hutchinson was getting pressure, but he wasn't getting a lot of help with James Houston out. Um, I mean, I think Aaron's – I think he's going to stay, and I think he's a better coordinator than the – box scores show because he doesn't have talent in the secondary yeah he had basically no talent at all in the defense for the last couple years and they've slowly started to build up that defense and we all hope that cam sutton and mosley were gonna we're gonna shore up that that secondary and unfortunately lost mosley right off the bat um the first first couple snaps of his return a couple of games in and then cam sutton just never panned out from the start um he had some moments but yeah, really, really reared his ugly head. And, you know, once again, just not not able to play the CB1 role that he was asked to play. I mean, that's I don't want to give make excuses for him, but he's being asked to play a role that he probably isn't suited for. And it's just unfortunate that the secondary is what it is. Um, so you guys think what's the consensus between you all? Like, do we think Aaron Glenn's back or do you think he heads off to uh, Seattle or Washington? I think he's back. I still think, I still think if the Rabel's the best fit for Seattle, um, and I think Washington, I, I almost feel like if someone's going to go to Washington that's not named Ben Johnson, it's Mike McDonald. Uh, but Aaron Glenn did have a second interview today, so I guess we'll, we'll see. But it feels like, it feels like Ben Johnson is going to be the head coach. But I just don't really. I don't get head coach vibes from him. 
Like you saw him on the sideline and he didn't look happy at all yesterday. He's just never up or down. He's just very even keeled. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's not necessarily a thing, but if you're other franchises, are you not looking at Dan Campbell and saying like, okay, that's what we need. Like we need the guy to get the buy-in from the players and then we'll get the X's and O's guys to be the coordinators. That to me has to be, has to be the mold GMs are looking for. A hundred percent agree, but you're overestimating the, uh, the intelligence of some of these owners and the GMs of some of these teams. I mean, we'll, we'll see them make the same decision or same mistake over and over again. And, and until that guy's, until some of these owners are removed, they're going to keep going back to hires like this. And, and, and they see the success that some of these young coaches have, these offensive gurus, as they call them. And they're going to try to dip right into that with Ben Johnson. But I agree. I don't think, I don't think I see him. It just feels like he wouldn't pan out as a head coach yet. I think maybe in, in five years, he could he could be that guy, but I just I don't think he's matured enough to be, play that head coaching role, and I just don't think I would see success from him if he does go to a team like Washington. Um, but it does feel like that. If any place, that would be the place. So I, I think Aaron Glenn's back. I think Ben Johnson. I, I think I would go sixty forty right now. Ben Johnson back, um, and forty percent he goes to to Washington. Like I said, down to only two left, and uh, Bill Belichick, a name that's still out there too. So they've got their they've got their choice and and we should know soon whether or not they're going to snap Ben Johnson. Obviously, now that the lines are eliminated, they can be, you know, openly hired. So I think in the coming days, we'll we'll have an answer on on if we're going to have both the coordinators back or just one or neither. I think at this point, we'll we'll have at least one of them back, don't you think? For sure. And and another note from yesterday, you have to be kind of looking at it if you're a GM, I guess, unless you're a dumb dumb. Experience matters in the playoffs. I mean, we—you saw it yesterday. Like the the Lions didn't have that that kind of experience. The 49ers did. They figured out a way to fight through it. So if you think your roster is talented enough, you probably go get Bill Belichick. Do you think Bill Belichick's gonna go after like the Carolina? Like, is the Carolina GM role still open? I believe they. I believe they filled that. Could be wrong. Is there any is there any more GM roles open? I feel like if Bill's gonna do anything, he's either gonna retire or go to a GM role. Yeah, I never thought of that. That's sad. I'd love to see him throw the challenge flag really petty a couple more times. Haven't had enough of it yet. Yeah. Well, I an need experience. A, I, I Sorry, just I I just got a vivid like I preconception of i need an angry dan campbell challenge flag yeah and he hasn't been the greatest at the challenges he's not had how many did he challenge like maybe not five many. this year not many yeah no I'm, I'm sure you're looking that up right now i i would man i would say it's got to be under under seven maybe maybe six or seven it, there's probably more than we realize but I'm thinking he had four on the year. Yeah, it honestly might be that low. While you're looking that up, um, much has been made about the uh, the talking heads today and online, and I didn't see much of it. So if you guys have any light on this, please fill, fill in the gaps here. But um, what do you guys think about the Dan Campbell choices down the stretch here in this game? Um, you know, the field goal right before the half, and then um, going forward on the, 
two fourth downs in the third and was it the fourth quarter? I don't even remember. It's such a blur at this point. But uh, when when they had an opportunity to send the money badger out there, you know, I've been trying to find a way to get people to side with me and saying that that was I, I I respect that decision and I think that was the right decision for this team. But I I don't know who it was put in this tweet here. Uh, Mitchell, do you want to take the lead on this? Because no, I mean, no, no, you're you're doing great. It sets it up just perfectly. So a uh, guy goes on to tweet, the Lions were 15-20, 75% at converting 4th and 3 or fewer in the regular season, and they were 2 of 2 from 4th three, and 3 or fewer in the postseason. Badgley, the Money Badger himself, 9-20 from 48-plus. I know he hit one in that game, but he's 45% career-wise from 48-plus, and it's the worst among high volume kickers in NFL history. I mean if that doesn't sum up everything for you, that should be it. I will say that that's a cherry pick stat because it was shorter than a 48 yarder. But the first one or the the first mid-range in the second half, not I don't think this I think the second one was right there. Yeah. I I I almost had more faith in going for it on the second one more than the first one. The first one I said this in really? Yeah, I, I said it in the episode. If you if you want if you want to go back and listen to it the way that I had last night, and I kind of said yeah. I think I said it in the group chat. My 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 thing my stance on that is the forty. You you come out of the half. The forty nine ers are getting the ball. You know they're going to have the adjustments. You hold them to a field goal, so you have the opportunity to match that field goal with with a field goal on your own end. And I think you're okay with that because you're basically just matching them at this point. You have a seventeen point lead. That's my stance on it. Um, I was, I was, I would have liked the field goal the first try. I, I stand by that. So I like, I think I've been very vocal this season about texting you guys, like take the points, take the points, take the points. Dan Campbell has been consistent the whole year. That's my thing. Like they're not here. If Dan Campbell hasn't been himself all year, it made sense in the first half because you go up three scores like that to me is a no, a no brainer. You take those points, you go up three scores. This this is Dan Campbell. But like, even though they were kind of in that gray area on the first one, he makes a good point, and this is revisionist history. They convert that that first one. They go down and score. That's the twist that you guys talk about in your halftime capsules. Like that's what that is, and that's what Dan said. Like I was trying to get the momentum back, and I don't regret it. I think my problem is how it's so much of it is falling on Dan in those two plays. And we're just going to ignore all the other stuff that went wrong in this game. Can I say one thing to mirror that point and, and not mirror, but almost counterbalance it as a head coach, would you rather shoulder the brunt of all this or have the media put it on your players? And Dan was going to take it no matter what. That's why he, I mean, he went up and he said, I, Hey, I get it. I know what's coming. Like, which if we're going to circle back again to like reasons, players want to come, how easy could it have been for a coach to go up and say, yeah, we had two big drops from one guy. Yeah. We didn't have, we had guys miss assignments. Yeah. We thought the team, this, that, and the other. Where's it? Dan, where's it? Dan's walking out of the stadium with Teddy Bridgewater. He makes a point to do that. Like, if there's recruiting in the NFL, Dan's pretty damn good at it. And it's because of this, it's because of stuff like this. Like he owns it top to bottom. 
And yeah, I mean, I, I've gone to a different subject. I just, I can't stand the stuff that's come out today that people are coming for his throat. It's it, all year. And you know that we're back to the casuals, people that just showed up when the, at the end of the year, when the Lions were going to be in the playoffs and Detroit was a good story. I'm, I'm going to go back to the last episode. New season starts now. Get the fuck out of here. We don't need you. We're back to a new season. Go back to the team that you're trying to root for at the beginning of the season. Tommy, toss a warning in on this episode. Yeah, bleep that one out. Bleep, bleep, bleep. I will say, I think two things can be, you know, true at, at the same time. And, and, and one is Dan deserves some criticism and also the players deserve the criticism as well. I think it's across the board, right? It's across the board. Um, I think in that instance, if if the argument is that you want to take the momentum back, the 49ers really didn't have that much momentum with a field goal, right? You see what I'm saying? Like at that point in the game, you didn't really need to. I felt like it was greedy is is my my feelings towards it. The second one, yeah, you're trying to get the momentum back with the second one. The first one, you have an opportunity to to hold serve. And I look, I said it in the, in the episode last night, like I would have been loving it had they picked it up, had Josh Reynolds catch, caught that ball. but. In the, at the same point, totally okay if he wants to trot the kicker out there and, 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 you know, manage the game, right? When you have the lead in the NFC Championship, you don't have to be but so I, aggressive when you already have the lead, right? I don't know. I, I'm going to spoil it again. You guys both say the same thing in your halftime capsules. Step on the throat and twist. No That's doubt. trying to twist. No doubt. No doubt. But I, I don't know. If the 49ers had gone down and scored a touchdown, I I I would be more okay with it. I, I just I don't know if it was play. needed. I don't know if it was needed. I think that's that's my issue with it. All right, I, I'm not I'm not afraid to sit here and, and I say think catch and I think ball. honestly you could make the argument both, both ways, right? Like I think it's it's such a a a nuanced thing that you could you can both like either either side could be right with that because we don't know what happens after that. The Lions could have gone on that next set of downs and and went you know back to a field goal had it be shorter, right? Like we don't know what would have happened after that play had they picked up that fourth down. And that's what and that's what it's all about. The world of what could have been, what could have been, what should have been. Lions, Lions should have won the game, arguably, right? And and it's hard to say. Um, what you can't narrow it down to one thing. There were so many things in that second half that went awry. There's not one thing. It's not on Dan. It's not on the players. It's even. It's even across the board. And um, it, look, it's going to start at the top with Dan, of course, right? That's that. I I understand why that's the argument because that's the glaring thing and that's what the casuals see. They don't see the X's and O's. They they see more the high level stuff. But yeah, yeah. I put a poll on the last episode, and more, more, more of the shareholders are in the team field goal than touchdowns. That's all I'm saying, or or going for it on fourth down. But I'm not saying Dan is to blame. I'm saying you criticize a player for dropping the, a ball. You criticize. You can criticize the coach too. I'll still love all right, Dan. Man, I don't think he's listening. He's not going to be mad at you. And I still sorry, love anybody. Dan. I still love yeah. him. We, yeah. we, it's <laughs> tough love. That's afraid he's going to get in trouble. It's tough love. That's all it is. Well, Ben, why don't you why don't you start it out? Because Mitchell and I are already laughing about it. Final season grades. Uh, what I can't remember the expectations we had coming in. You have the better memory, so maybe you can you can shed some light in on us. 
what were your thoughts uh totality of the season did they meet exceed or not meet your expectation oh it's it's a a far exceeds they check that box uh every day and twice on sunday way above my expectations right in line with my season win total our season win totals i should say and uh you know i was i was expecting 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 one playoff win and they got they got two and they got uh, an appearance in the nfc championship so above average or above expectations for me all right i'm gonna throw you one more question before we move to mitch and maybe we should save it for another episode favorite moment from the season whether it be a touchdown interception fumble recovery big play do you have one boy i'm so glad you brought this up and and kudos to you for for bringing it up um Man, you know, like if 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 I'm talking non-plays, it's definitely all the Jared Goff chance and and just the energy that we saw from Ford Field in that watch party. Like non, uh, non between the lines, that's my moment for sure. All of that between the lines, and that's tough. Um, it would have been the win against the Cowboys had it not been stolen away from us. Um, that would have definitely been the number one. Um, since that didn't happen. Um. It's probably it's probably that win against the Rams in in securing the first playoff win in our lifetime. All right. I I'm gonna I'm gonna go above. I, I above anyone who says anything otherwise watched the second half of the game yesterday and that's the only thing they watched to the Lions this year. I mean We've talked about it before. We talked about it last week. I think the rebuild and the in the culture shift that Dan has brought is here to stay, so uh, or exceeds. Yeah, I'll go with Ben. Exceeds expectations. Two two playoff wins. Playing, you know, thirty minutes away from the Super Bowl. Re- realistically, um, it it was a great season. And t- I'm gonna go way back to start the year with all the build up. And it's like, all right, what are the lines gonna be? The Brian Branch pick six. Like that. That was the kickoff to the season that everyone needed. And I think it was like the wake up call to let everyone know, all right, the lines are for real. So that that was probably my favorite play of the year. I love that one. I, I love both of your guys's because like, you know, just at a quick glance, I'm not thinking of that. That's that's not something that's coming to the top of my head. It, just thinking back on those moments. Incredible to remember. I, I This one absolutely exceeds it for me. You know, something that we haven't seen in our lifetimes. And it just feels cool to be a part of it. And uh, to be able to do this show too, kind of kind of cool that it was all picking up at the same time. I think my favorite uh, point in this season was the first game against uh, the old Baconeers and the Craig Reynolds block on the Amon Ra touchdown. Ooh. Just the massive block and and the way the entire team was just stoked for Craig Reynolds because of a a non stat play, and it just goes to the selfish selfishlessness of this entire team <laughs> spot on. And, I'll, and I, there were so many of those moments where guys were rooting for other guys to get stats, right? Like I think back to, uh, I think it was the chargers game in LA there where uh, Gibbs like quite literally or not Gibbs, Khalif Raymond pushes, helps push Montgomery into the end zone. I, I could be wrong on, on the combination there, but I think that's what it was. And it's just plays plays that you don't see other teams make. Like, I don't know if you guys caught the clip last night, but Chase Young, number 92 on the 49ers, did you see how low effort he was on some of those plays? 
like that you don't see that on the lines. You don't see that low effort that you used to see in years past. Yeah, I mean, just go back to what Aaron Glenn said pre-game uh, to this one was, we're not the fastest, we're not the biggest, we're not the strongest, we're not the best players, we're not the most wanted by any other NFL team, but it's going to be tough to beat us. And, and going forward, they got to have that controlled fury that they brought after the Cowboys game, because it was a different team after that game. Like, you think about this team when they played the Bears and lost, that's when the SOL comments started coming back around. Like, oh, here we go again. Like, the Lions had an, a decent start to the year. Pretty pretty good. A couple losses down the stretch after the bye. Goff's throwing interceptions like it's his job. They lose to the Bears in Chicago. And, and that's when the, the talks start happening again. And then they go into Dallas, nearly win the game, and bring absolute fury after that. And I think that's what we'll see after this uh, offseason, too. They'll take this and, and grow from it. And, uh, yeah. You guys want to do an, a bonus bonus, which is something I just came up with. You want to grade, uh, give a grade, a letter grade for the offense, defense, and the coaching staff? Mm. Off, offense first. Uh, Goffins. That's tough. Goffins, yes. Andrew, you want to go first? Um, yeah, first and fourth quarters, they are a B plus team and A when things are hitting on all cylinders. Uh, second and third quarter team, not so much. I'd give them a C in those two quarters. I'm Mitchell does not agree bit. with those. Confused a little bit by the grading scale there, but that's to be expected here from you. So, not actually. Yeah, I, did you not say I, letter? I no, it's because you you mix it up by quarter. You're all over the place. All right, yeah. I missed it. What'd you do on defense and coaching staff? Uh, I didn't get to him yet. I was waiting for you. I just figured you were that offended by my offensive grades. Uh, defense. Um. Ah, oh God, this is so tough. So tough to grade. Probably, you know, just subjectively a C plus. They're a bottom half team, but in reality, they turned it around, and the defensive front was able to cover up the the struggle of the secondary. So, got to give them some C plus work for that. And the coaching staff, I, I got to give it an A. You've got uh, head coach Dan Campbell, who has been said is the best leader and motivator by several guys on the team. You've got Aaron Glenn voted as the unanimous uh, um, top defensive coordinator to play for, players coach-wise. And then you've got Ben Johnson, who's, who's a hot commodity the past two seasons and has innovated this offense with, with new play calls and, and a lot of energy. So A to the staff. I, I think it's a struggle to do it as like singular groups, but I'd say... I'd say defense is a C. Um, I, I think if I think if you look objectively at top five rush defense, bottom five pass defense, that gets you right into the middle, right at a C, right at average. Offense, it's A minus. I think obviously you know they they ticked a lot of boxes. I just would have loved to see more of the second half consistency or the second half explosiveness we saw in the first half. In coaching, A minus. I mean, if it's Dan Campbell alone, A plus. But I, I think you just—it's the roller coaster of Ben Johnson, and 
I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, but I think those are solid grades. A minus, C, A minus. Uh, the Goffins, I'm going to put them in and then uh, A minus. Defense, B minus in the second half of the year. Changed some things up. Did what they could on that defense. Um, and really just trying to differentiate myself from from Papa by going uh, B minus instead of C plus because that's what I was going to say. And uh, the coaching staff, I will say A minus. Um, but the strongest group of, of all, for sure, the coaching staff and the team. Very much a young team still. Still a lot to learn from. Coaching staff, you know, a young coordinator there in Ben Johnson. Always room for improvement. Certainly uh, true after this season. And and leaps and bounds better than last season. Couldn't even make the playoffs last year. Now you're uh, sitting atop the NFC North and uh, an appearance in the a- NFC playoff or NFC championship game. So all in all, you know, happy to be as far as they did get. But, um, you know. It was almost like halfway through that game yesterday in the NFC Championship, it was like that's when it really hit me that they had an opportunity to make the Super Bowl. I was trying to stay composed before the game, and then halfway through that, it was like, oh, yeah, they could actually do this thing. And you start thinking back to hard knocks and, and everything that built up to this moment, and it's hard not to think about how fast it happened. And and truly, it was above or ahead of schedule this year with the outcomes. So. It's tough, but you know that this team's going to build on what they can build on and be that much hungrier next year and, and, and be contenders there in the NFC. Hopefully lead to a, a Super Bowl berth down, down the stretch of the next couple of years. Um, all right, let's talk about um, C.D. Deuce. Let's talk about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Mitch is raring to go on this one. Um, what do you guys feel about his play? And, and I'm sure, uh, sure. I already know this is a rhetorical question, but do we want him back next year? Andrew, do you want to go? I'm probably going to be long winded. This one's the old Jared Goff talk. Or is this can't nice. Oh. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Zoned out. Zoned out. What's up, man? All right. I, all right. I'll, I'll go quick. I'll, I'll try to be quick. Uh, there's no chance I want him back. We're talking about CD Deuce. Not Yeesh. not even in the not even in the slightest do I want him back. N- not injury aside, you can't help the injury. You started running your mouth before you played a snap of football for the Lions. Start running your mouth. You were off recovering from injury, running your mouth. You came back, you ran your mouth, you had consistent bad game after bad game after bad game. And the excuse of like not having playing time is just not a thing. I, I mean, because he, what did he get in total? Five games back, right? Something like that. You know, it doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. Four games back, five games back. Close enough to if you're gonna run your mouth like that, you have got to back it up. He just made even in the beginning of the season in the Seahawks game, which was an absolute shootout makes a stupid mistake and gets a 15-yard taunting penalty. Fast forward to the end of this year. he j- I mean, even yesterday, tries to take a cheap, cheap shot at Debo, which maybe it was a little bit of a flop, but it doesn't matter. Like, he's going for his injured shoulder. He's just a dirtbag. Five minutes left in the, sec- in the first half. 
and you're waving to the crowd and you haven't done a damn thing to help your team. You're supposed to be the guy laying the wood across the middle and you're not like you're missing tackles. You're putting your head down. You're not hitting anybody. Christian McCaffrey made you his little bitch yesterday, like made you eat his stiff arm. I just I think he brings no value to the team. It was a one year prove a deal. He proved absolutely nothing except for the fact that he was overrated. And I I can't wait to not see him play for the Lions again. I hope they play. I hope he goes somewhere else and Montgomery runs him over next year. I'm going to take the uh, opposite side of the coin here. I'd like to see him sign to a five year deal. I say pay him whatever it takes. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, send this guy packing. Like Mitch said, I don't see any reward here in bringing him back. I just don't see it. It's not a culture fit at all. Like in a in a locker room of unselfish guys, he is selfish. Like, like he's out there for him and no one else. hundred percent. And I think we were all a little bit worried about this in the offseason, but we were like, they're taking a chance. This could be the menace that we've been looking for in the deep end. And yeah, just didn't pan out. Yeah, I got nothing else to add to that conversation. You guys have touched it. Well, and I believe um, Cam Sutton is a three-year deal, so I think we're stuck with him, right? Is that correct? Three-year, twenty-three million or something like that. Thirty-four million. Thirty-three. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for three-year, thirty-three million, eleven million a year. Um, but the, the but the Lions are going to have a lot of money to spend. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but certainly going to have their their opportunity to go get some guys for uh, fifty-one million. Is that correct? 56 million, 56 million in cap space. Obviously, they got to spend some money on some of these guys to keep them here longer term. But uh, opportunity for them to go in, uh, uh, be be buyers in free agency. And we've talked about it. Dan's a great recruiter, like Mitch alluded to. Certainly going to be at the top of many free agents lists. Um, What do you guys think? Uh, Are you team build through the draft still? Or would you rather speed things up and go a little bit quicker with the route of free agency, but pay more money. Um, I think, uh, I think first things first, you sure up the guys that need to be sure up. We got a golf contract that's looming. That needs to happen. We got Panay that needs to be locked up and you've got Amon Ra that needs to be locked up here shortly as well. So those are, those are a lot of big ones. Um, I think we should build more, um, cornerbacks draft wise i think this is like a a weird strategy for me to say because normally i would say you're always building cornerbacks through free agency but lately there's been and mitchell's the one who swayed my mind on this so spoiler alert there there's been so many good cornerbacks coming out of the draft and and putting up numbers early and playing extremely well i think you have to take him in the draft now i think with the guys that they have, you can do something similar to what they did this year. Some prove-it deals, some short-term, some kind of mid, mid-range mid guys, right? Like not super talented uh, or, or not super expensive, I should say. I think you the important thing now to build on Andrew's point is to lock down golf. That's going to be, I mean, if, if we're lucky, $45 million a year. Uh, you're going to lock down Penny. Pen- Penny is Penny is the cornerstone of this franchise for the next ten years. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. He's just a freak athlete. He's so good at his position. 
He's he's a top two tackle in the league, probably the top right tackle, probably top two tackle. Uh, so you got to lock him down. It's going to be expensive. Number one tackle. Is that what I'm getting over here? I'd probably give that to Trent Williams if we're being completely honest, because Trent Williams Trent Williams anchors the left side. That's harder. Like it's it's harder to anchor the left side. That's the blind side of most quarterbacks. It's the embrace debate later. Uh, one one and one a. So you got to lock down Panay. You got to lock down Sam Brown. Um, you got to start with those guys. You got to make sure they're paid and taken care of. And I know Sam Brown obviously. Don't have to do right now, but golf you have to do right now. Penny, you're gonna have to do soon. You have the the foundation of this team for a long time. I think it's more important to lock those guys down and build for the draft. And golf's price went up with every Jared Goff chant we saw across the the greater metro to Detroit and, and Michigan area. Uh, leverage going out the I think window. Golf's price went up. He, it, until yesterday, what did Goff do until before, until three minutes left yesterday? He protected the football, which is great. That's what they need him to do to win the game. But at the same time, I, Goff has swayed me. I hope they keep him. The offense works with him, or at least Ben Johnson's offense works with him. Exactly. But I think it's it's important to note that ball game on the line. Is is Goff the guy you really want out of everyone else in the NFL? If they can lock him down for forty five million a year, I'll feel good about it. Fifty a year, which is what some of these guys are getting now, that feels like too much. And I know it's a five million dollar difference. Five million dollar difference you make. I mean, that could be a key contributor somewhere somewhere on your team. Uh, but I do think you're right. Goff's like it's it's a craze. He took over Detroit. He did, and he had an opportunity for like a legacy game yesterday against the 49ers. And he didn't need to necessarily be the greatest guy ever, the greatest quarterback ever yesterday, but I did think he had that opportunity. He did kind of miss it. Um, like you said, protected the ball, the football, didn't throw a pick, didn't fumble it, uh, but also didn't do anything to get him over the hump either. And that's that precarious situation where we find ourselves in a lot of times with, the, with, this, uh, with this guy. And you're right. If Ben Johnson does leave this team, it will be interesting to see. And I do have a little bit of fear there, and I think some shareholders probably do as well, about like, all right, what's Goff going to do without the the crutch, I guess you could call it, of Ben Johnson? Uh, something to watch for. And, and I'll be curious to see what that number does come out at. Um, all right. You guys want to roll the halftime capsules? That's going to be sad. Uh, roll the halftime capsules, capsules for the... The fans out there that like to hear us be sad or be happy and only be sad afterwards. Let's let's uh, let's put those in here, Tommy. Halftime capsule of the NFC championship game lines up 24 seven offense just looks incredible. Offense looks so good. Just keep pounding the ball. I love it. Uh, ben Johnson getting a little cute a couple times there. Not the biggest fan, but it works. That's what keeps the defense on their toes off their toes. I should say, um, Defense not letting up a ton of points. I kind of a weird game. They're they're holding their ground. You got a missed field goal that's huge. Need uh CD to kind of just step up if you're gonna run your mouth all the time. Maybe make it play once, get a pick. That'd be great. But yeah, feel good. Feel good. Keep it up in the second half. Just keep pounding the ball. They cannot stop the run game. Monty is running with so much passion and anger right now. Gibbs is so fast. They can't cover everybody. There's just too many weapons. Goff is protecting the ball. 
Keep keep protecting the football. Don't turn it over. Keep running the ball down their throats. Lions are going to go to the Super Bowl. Let's go. Okay, shareholders, here we are. Halftime. NFC Championship game. Boy, this is about to pop off. Little insider for some of the new shareholders. Let's say first, can you believe we have not trailed in this game yet? Due to the defense. Just keep doing your job. Keep winning the turnover battle. That is massive. In the offense, you just need to keep converting off of what the defense is giving you. They're winning that turnover battle. Just keep converting it. That will kill the 49ers. I also want to come back and say a little little bit, Lady Lion and I spoke the Rodrigo interception into existence. We were just talking about how he had to step up for Barnes after he got injured early. Wow, glad we have his jersey on deck. Let's see, Sun God always comes up with big time first downs. That's what we can say about that guy. That's crazy. We know that Shanahan's going to have some big time adjustments coming out of here at half, so we have to adjust off of his adjustments. Let's keep going. I like what Dan was doing there at the end of half. Killing the clock, didn't want them to have any possession to come back and score. The touchdown was going to be icing on the cake, but the field goal puts you up three scores in a minimum. We're up 17 going into the second half. Step on the throat. We're on the throat. We just need to twist. Feels good to finally say that again. Let's twist the throat. Well, here we are. Um, Lions up at half. Sheila Ford, shout out her. Seeing her on the screen right now clapping. Shout out Eminem for giving the double birds to the San Francisco fans. And shout out to the Honolulu Blue faithful that are there that I just heard chanting, Jared Goff, Jared Goff. That is quite literally sweeping the nation right now. Lions up 24 to 7 at the half. Um, you know, I'm just going to try to stay composed here. Feeling pretty good about it. They've got to win this part of the game. I think they checked the box or maybe half a check for getting a field goal there. Really missed a touchdown there to Gibbs, which sucks. But uh, I think all in all, we'll take it. Um, you got to win the third quarter here. San Francisco getting the ball out of the half. Nearly 300 yards of offense. Offense is clicking. Ben Johnson, you got to stick with what's working and, uh, and, and continue to remain uh, steadfast in your efforts here, both sides of the ball. Got to take care of the ball. Shout out Rodrigo for getting the INT. Turnover battle currently held by the Lions. That's got to continue. Basically, step on the throat and twist. Got to give them the old twist. That's what's really, really got to happen here. Lions, you got to win out of the third quarter here and don't let San Francisco come back because you know they're going to punch back. Punch them even harder. All right, so there you go. There you have it. You can hear what was going through our emotions live as it was happening between the Lions and the 49ers. Obviously, some uh, some different tone now in this uh, this year episode than those capsules, for sure. Do you want a list of upcoming free agents or no? I can tell you one that's on there, and it's the cornerback from the Kansas City Chiefs, and that is something, something Sneed. I mean, for the Lions. Oh! Going know, into the yeah. offseason. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. C.J. G.J., Charles Harris, Dan Skipper, Donovan Peoples, Emmanuel Mosley, who we lost immediately, Graham Glasgow, Vitae, uh, the long snapper Jake McQuaid that got hurt, Jalen Reeves, which who knows, 
Jonah Jackson, Josh Reynolds, Vildor, Matt Nelson, the Money Badger, Romeo Okora, and Will Harris. A lot of guys that aren't going to be Lions next year is what I'm hearing. To be honest, I, I don't. There's two two guys on there that I I think they have to bring back. It and it's uh, Glasgow who came in as like a rotational guy and proved that he's still talented and still can be a like can be starter can be a starter and not just a starter can move around that offensive line. So I think that's really important. And Jalen Reeves Maven. Those are two guys I think on that whole list that I'm like, okay, those are the two you got to bring back. Yeah, I think honestly, Jonah a Jackson's lot of guys up there for me. He's injury prone. Still good. Ding. He he is good, but so was Vitae before he was injury prone. Exactly. I you can live. I can live with him going hitting the road. It's sad, but JRM you, he proved it on defense and special teams. He's a captain. He's a glue guy in this locker room. I think you bring him back on a team friendly deal. Um, and and in Glasgow, they need help on that offensive line. Uh, we saw the injuries run amok this year, and I think in the draft you'll see them address offensive line as a whole as well. Uh, but, yeah, couldn't have said it better, better myself. Mitch, those are my top two as well. A lot of those guys I'm not going to be sad to see go. CJ, Will Harris, sorry, um, and a lot of guys on that list that uh, will will definitely be gone. I, I would would not be surprised if a good portion of those guys do not come back in a Lions uniform. And uh, free agency. Anybody know when free agency starts? Pop quiz. Don't pull this devil magic. That seems way too early, but I would believe you based on those. It's middle of March. So a little over a month, we'll be talking free agency. That's how quick the offseason goes in the NFL. Pretty sure Andrew just went back on mute, shook his head and said, nope. (laughs) Now he's nodding his head. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's gonna happen so fast though i mean season's gonna be over in two weeks you start just doing all the mock drafts you can you get excited again even more exciting this year because it's in detroit uh yeah it's it's gonna go by quick andrew you still going to that thing I plan on it. Don't know if we're ever or well actually Ace the well sorry, won't won't drop a government name <laughs> on here. Beep, oh, beep. Tommy. Um sounds like we got a place to cash out for the evening and uh hopefully a little rotational we get to see old Roger himself. I just wanna shake your hand. <laughs> uh who put the draft picks in here? I did. I wanted you guys to see him. Just a little okay. clear Thank shot. You. So round uh, one, we're looking at the 29th overall pick now. And then um, here's where the meat and potatoes of it is. Number round two, 61 overall. Round three, 71 overall. That came from Minnesota last year. Round three, 92 overall. Two years ago. Read that what? number again. No, I just only only you could put put in such a good note and then oh, misread God. your own note. Which what Round number three, did I number get? Seventy three overall. What did I say? Seventy one. All right. Well, you never know what'll change. Round three as well, number ninety two overall. Round five, one sixty two overall, and round round six, two oh six overall. And then there's a weird gap on the last day there, and you got. I'm picking round seven there, uh, 246 overall. But let's be honest, that 
pick may not materialize. Do you you don't have the eighth eighth round pick in here? Oh, that that might be uh that might be a Google <laughs> error then. <laughs> don't mess with me on the eighth round, Bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got him, got him. There isn't an eighth round. Oh. oh no! <laughs> ben gets me so Ben gets me so in my own mind here. I got this long space, and I figured that's what he was gonna bully me about right there. So I went, I went defensive balls up instantly. <laughs> oh, hey, that, that was mean. That was mean. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry for my actions and any pain that they have caused. Oh well, that's good. I, I hope that we get a live report from you. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be there for at least round one and, and, and maybe the second night as well. We'll see if we make it to night two. Yeah, never know. No guarantees in the big D. Mm. Um, Mitch, do you remember in the offseason when we, we were talking about, oh, next year's draft, that'll be in Detroit. You know, that'll be fun. And I think you said something along the lines of, yeah, too bad the Lions are going to be picked number 32. We all thought it was a joke. I don't know. I say a lot of things. We all thought it was a joke. It just, it feels so weird to see the Lions at pick 29. Like, that feels like, oh, they did they get a trade? What happened? They're picking, oh my God, they're picking 29th because they're in the NFC Championship. It's going to be so boring. That, 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 that's going to be, this is going to be the most boring draft we've ever watched. But you're so used to getting into action so quick. This, pick number 29 is going to be at like midnight. Yeah, you're going to, to be able to stay up? Gosh, I hope. Take the next day off. Take us into BAM players. BAMs. I, I've got Monty number one. Dude was running his ass off. It it is not his fault that Ben did exactly what we asked him not to do, abandon the run in the second half. I thought I thought Monty was playing a great game. Sewell again, paving the way, going in motion. Like putting the big fella in motion there for a few plays, um, and the fans. I mean, the fans are just the fans are just ridiculous across the country. They, they traveled, and you know, I my thoughts and prayers go out to all the fans that had to catch a flight this morning after the end of that game. That had to be tough. Ugh. I got to give mine to uh, the first 15 play script of the game because obviously they had that thing cooking. Uh, It was just a shame that they didn't get to use many more of those plays and the 49ers were able to make adjustments. So total shame, but those first 15 plays, including that first drive, were sexy. Thing of beauty, no doubt. Got a boring one, a repeat of Mitch's, Montgomery. I just love the way he was running the ball yesterday. He was a thing of beauty. Looked like a man possessed out there. Um, several others, honorable mentions. You know, several guys on the offensive line as well. Uh, all right. Well, here we are, folks. This feels weird. A um, lot of lot of new fans over the over the last couple of weeks. A lot of new shareholders over the last couple of weeks. So we appreciate the growth that this podcast has experienced. It's cool to be a part of it with the boys here. Uh, as well as you all um we're just sorry it had to end this way we're sorry that uh things didn't get didn't didn't materialize to a super bowl uh but hate to say it you know it's gotta gotta build back stronger 
hopefully this team learns from it and it just makes them that much hunger and uh, a path through the NFC goes through Detroit going forward. Do we even want to talk about the Ravens and the Chiefs? Uh, my only thing is, Lamar, you got to just be yourself, man. Stop stop trying to convince everybody that you're a passer. Just just be you. You don't have to be a passer first. Your legs are, your legs are an absolute weapon. He was trying to force it yesterday through the air, and it just... It, it, I think I think it crippled him, and I think it's on Harbaugh at a certain point to just bring him aside and say, "Hey, man, do you like you? We don't need you to be anyone but Lamar." It culminated with that last interception. I mean, he's just tried to fit that into triple coverage. Uh, it's tough to watch, and I'm just sick of the Chiefs. The Chiefs are just new Patriots, and I just hate it. The cycle repeats. Here we are with Chiefs again. The biggest thing I can say about this game is that forced fumble at the like what one oh. yard line, Ooh, yeah, uh, one inch was line, the yeah. play of the game easily, and and that's the difference. That's what Dan talked about all last year, and like that's the NFL. That's the NFL is these little moments that are massive moments at the end of the day. Sneed with the punch out there, gonna be a free agent, future line perhaps, gonna have to pay quite a bit to get Sneed in here uh, in the Lions uniform, but that's a guy that they may target in the offseason. Definitely a playmaker. Congrats to the Chiefs. Good for them. They beat the Ravens. Shut the fuck up, Ben. Oh, oh, you know what? Tommy, you you had the Chiefs up. winning the Super Bowl this year. So credit to you. Yeah, I don't care anymore. I that's I don't want to I don't want to be right. I don't want to play your game. I don't I don't like it. I wanted I wanted the Bills and the Lions. So did America. America wanted the Bills and the Lions. You know, I had a guy say that to me yesterday at Costco. I texted you guys like about I, I got some nods in Costco. And one of the comments was like, you know, wish it was the Bills they get to play. But it's what the people wanted. Was it you that was wearing the Roy Williams jersey? No, but it was awesome. It was a black one. No, I, I had my... I had Detroit Lions hat on, my Detroit Lions crew neck. I was repping the, repping the city. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. You got a jersey concept for us? Speaking of jerseys. Dropped it in there. I've what do seen you guys it? think? It's, a, it's old school. I like that. Thank you for shrinking that down and fitting it. Um, That's what she I, said. It gives me old school Seahawks. Okay. It gives me old school Seahawks vibes, but I just... I like that the throwbacks are in right now. I think it's just, it's classic. It could just be because it's on Amon Ra that it looks so cool. But I, I like it. I'd be, I'd, I'd jive with that for next year. Yeah, I like it. That place. I, you know, I didn't think Seahawks until you said it. And now I even like can see the green outlining that's not there. <laughs> yep. I think the Seahawks are going to have some new jerseys next year too that look, that, the preview that I saw looked legit. They do a good job up there. We'll see what the Lions bring. Uh, I think we're guaranteed to have a new jersey this year. I think Rod Wood said it himself. Um, so I think we will see a new jersey combination for the Lions. And I think we'll welcome that in in the new chapter that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes bring to this. And here's where they do their best work. These next couple months, draft prep. Got a little less time to prep for the draft. Now that you've made the NFC Championship. And we'll see what they can do in April. 
It's been a pleasure serving you shareholders all season long, but we're not done. We are not done. We will be back next week. We'll take this week off and cope and mourn and, and you know, rest in our laurels. And uh, we'll come back, hit it hard next week for a walkthrough Wednesday of the Super Bowl between the 49ers and the Chiefs. And uh, then we'll close out the year and then come back during free agency when things are uh, maybe happy again. And then do our usual draft show, take a break, and then it'll be training camp. The days are going to go quick. We appreciate it, shareholders. Thank you so much. Till next time, let's go Lions. <laughs> oh.